Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in this country as far as the pandemic is concerned. Today, Saskatchewan is opening up. Masks will no longer be required everywhere. Maybe not at all. Uh, Alberta, July the 1st, Alberta did that, and uh, British Columbia last Monday, or last weekend, changed the rules significantly as far as restrictions concerning COVID are, um, are in force. Ontario and Manitoba, and we're talking to the five provinces where this program airs, Ontario and Manitoba are moving their schedule ahead, it appears, their reopening schedule ahead, but nowhere near where the western provinces are, west from Saskatchewan on west to BC. So let's talk about this. And uh, we also have Pfizer saying we need a third COVID vaccine. And joining us from uh, Saskatchewan, Dr. Joseph Blondo, clinical microbiologist, head of clinical microbiology at Saskatoon's Royal University Hospital and at the University of Saskatchewan. Dr. Blondo has been a guest on this program several times. Thanks for coming back on, Dr. Blondo. And uh, what, are, what are your thoughts about Saskatchewan reopening today? Are you in favor? Or do you have concerns? Well, you know, Roy, the, uh, every government needs a plan. And uh, the government of Saskatchewan, like other Canadian provincial governments, had uh, looked at the evidence uh, that was available, um, you know, what were the case numbers, what were the trends, uh, what were the vaccination rates, and then they came up with this, you know, multi-step plan to say, okay, this is time to sort of reopen. And um, and I think it, it, it was based on a lot of evidence, and, and I'm actually in favour of it. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think that we still have to caution folks that the virus is still out there. There are some uh, still risk-associated, you know, activities. And I think people, as we move forward, need to keep their wits about it. When it comes to the wearing of masks, that's a contentious issue, uh, certainly in some circles in this country. I think the majority of people I've talked to have said it's time to do away with masks. We want to get on with our lives. What is your sense as far as the removal of the requirement to wear masks in almost all scenarios is concerned? Well, you know, a mask is one of the, uh, uh, the, the recommended um, uh, public health measures that were put in place in order to keep people from either uh, transmitting the virus or, or receiving the virus from somebody else. And, and masks were used in, in, you know, in collaboration with things like physical or social distancing. And uh, what I've been telling people who have been asking, saying, well, I'm a little bit apprehensive perhaps of taking my mask off right away, then I've been saying that, that you should really just judge your own comfort level. And if you still feel that you want to be using a mask, then feel free to use one. And, you know, nobody's going to laugh at you. Um, I think that if it's the right decision for you, then go ahead and do it. And if you want to have the freedom of not having a mask on, then maybe be aware of how close you are to other individuals and try and maintain, you know, sort of that two-meter or six-foot, seven-foot different uh, distance between people. And I think if, and then if you're fully vaccinated, I, I think that helps as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Blondeau, as a microbiologist, what does it say to you when Pfizer is calling for a third jab? 
Yeah, really interesting. I think what they're doing is uh, they're they're saying, you know, uh, we think that uh, the level of neutralizing antibody uh, is actually important. And over time, we know uh, to this uh, family of viruses that antibody levels sort of decrease or they wane. And I think what Pfizer is saying is that, you know, based on the evidence that they have, as antibody levels might start to drop, uh, having that booster is just a guarantee that you have a sufficient uh, you know, amount of antibody on board in the event that you happen to re-encounter the virus or, or even perhaps encounter one of the variant strains. There's also some evidence, though, Roy, that, um, that the ability of the immune system in our bodies to continue to produce antibody is perhaps a little bit more robust than was previously thought. And so what that means is that in the event that you should encounter this virus again in the future, and it's recognized as foreign by your body, then you may actually have a very robust and quicker response to produce antibodies, and that in turn will protect you as well. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about that, and uh, let's talk about this uh, issue with the uh, the mutants or the variants. They seem to be a continuing issue. It's not going to end, is it, Dr. Blondo? We've talked about that before. It's endemic now. Is it helpful, do you think, to inform Canadians each time a new variant appears, like Lambda, we were told were 11 cases in this country? I think people will start to tune out, particularly if they're vaxxed. I mean, I think people want to know what risks are, right? They want to know, am I safe? Is my family safe? Are my children safe? Whatever the case may be. And so I think as these viruses evolve, and if they happen to emerge, if there's a risk, then I think that risk needs to be communicated. Do we have to know about every single variant uh, if, if there's good evidence that it's not a legitimate concern? No, I don't think we do. And so I think that uh, as we continue to move forward, I think the government has to develop a communication strategy that says, okay, this is the type of information that we want to be uh, spreading and sharing widely within the population. And other information, perhaps we don't need to because it's really not a concern to the general population. So, so I really think that communication strategy has to continue to evolve. Do you have concerns about what may happen as the weather gets colder in this country? And keeping in mind that we now have an increasingly vaccinated population, are there concerns about a fourth wave or is that something that we're just going to have to deal with as an endemic reality? I think uh, my, own, my own sense is that a fourth wave, perhaps not, but certainly I think we expect that we might see outbreaks uh, particularly amongst unvaccinated populations. And I think that uh, going forward, what public health may, may decide to do is to keep a very, very close eye on, on you know, positive cases, try and uh, very, very rapidly determine whether it's a large group or a small group, and then move in the containment so that it doesn't uh, move to a broader population. And once again, I think that risk, in my opinion, is, is probably going to be larger than the unvaccinated population. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.